Thank you for checking in. Uh, this is the naturalist capitalist, but I'm doing something a little weird. I'm actually hijacking two women's show because they actually have the mental capacity to run it themselves. So I'm here to help them out uh, and mansplain how we do things around here. But we've got uh, Maddie and Jesse on the show today, and I want you guys to take it a little easy on them. They are women, so you know they're, they they might be almost as slow as the internet connection. So just you know, kind of take it easy on them. They can, but they'll catch up eventually. So how are you, how are you guys doing tonight? Well, we're well, doing a, as well as can be, right? You yes, know, with all, you know, for being slow emotions. broads. Yeah, yeah, just dumb broads. <laughs> <laughs> Just the way God intended. <laughs> All right. right. Well, th- <laughs> so Reed, thank you for joining us, and uh, we obviously need you to uh, help us celebrate Mansplain March. And I think you're doing so in uh, yeah. the most appropriate um, way. Yeah. So I can go uh, as controversial as you want, if you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, know how, how hard you want me to go, but. <laughs> You know, four chicks, we go pretty hard in the paint. So mm-hmm. we've had some pretty controversial guests and then controversial uh, Mansplain March guests in, in particular, like Robbie the Bernstein really like <laughs> handed it to us last year. <laughs> um, but it also made for one of the best episodes and we had a really good time with him. So um, I'd also like to point out for our audience that you're in your truck right now. <laughs> I am. I'm on the coast of California, uh, on the Pacific Ocean, one of the most progressive states in the country, where they have it all wrong. You know, the they're, they're trying to do this whole equal rights thing, and I just don't think it's panning out. I think it's really led to the decline of our society. But you know, it is what it is. So that, that that's why they need our help so much, though. That's why we have to go in there and bail them out all the time. <laughs> oh God, can you imagine, like, if California was actually a different country and then our government our federal government would probably want to occupy and invade it that's true i kind of wish they were a different country sometimes because i feel like they can get away with all their stupidity because we subsidize all of it if we weren't subsidizing them they'd actually have to entice us to trade with them and entice us to do business with them and entice us to visit the state and right now they don't have to do any of those things they can be as ignorant and retarded as they want to be and you know we keep them afloat so i don't know no i definitely agree actually with all of that and that's kind of i think like one of the reasons i wanted to have you is and what really i think uh like registered with me about your podcast and like your be you being the naturalist um guy i kind of appreciate your approach and what you think about how like one of, one of the greatest problems i think is like how far removed we are from nature and i don't mean that in like the hippy dippy way of like you know uh, something like ayn rand would have talked about and warned people about these progressives and that you know they want to take us back to the primitive like the anti-industrialists and you know maybe some of that is not in the right direction to some degree, but it's my thought and what I think I feel like I heard from you is that the, everything we're experiencing I, is so far removed from nature and it's like caused by these artificial implementations from this stupid central planning body um, that is not only stupid, but actually morally corrupt and evil uh, called the state. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've elevated We've elevated stupid people to tell us how to live. And then on top of that, uh, we've created a status quo for morons. So instead of just trying to, you know, create the baseline, uh, you know, sort of an average state of intelligence, we have for everyone as though they're all legitimately retarded. Like you need to wear a harness when you're four feet off the ground. Um, you know, I remember once I was uh, I was actually wearing a harness with a five foot lanyard on it. Or, or no, sorry, I, I wasn't wearing a harness, and I was hooking up this uh, chain onto a a shipping container so we could pick it up. And the shipping container is eight feet tall. So if you fall, you don't hit the ground. The problem is this is an eight foot tall shipping container. 
the only place you can hook a lanyard to is like on the corner or the side of the shipping container somewhere. And I'm six feet tall. So if I have a five foot lanyard attached to the top of my back, you know, anyway, it might keep me from rolling a little bit, but um, it's all about compliance. It's all about controlling everyone. And yeah, we have not did a bank or one that makes people aware of danger. Instead, you've become so desensitized to check, uh, you know, check checking off a checklist, making sure that you've done every single uh, safety check that you're supposed to do. And if the safety guy comes by, you can clipboard and look good instead of actually being aware in the moment of what the danger is surrounding you and trying to act in an intelligent way. It actually just makes us dumber. It's just like COVID. I mean, instead of making us smarter and, you know, maybe like just uh, being a little more, you know, caring about cleanliness a little bit more or watching out for people who had serious complications that could actually get them in the hospital or in the morgue. Instead, we're just like, you know what? Everybody needs to stay home. Everybody needs to wear a mask. Everyone needs to stay six feet apart. And you just see the chaos, you know, ensue after that because it, we've, we've just created a society where it's a one size fits all and we've modeled it after the lowest of the low that actually exists among us. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that, yeah, you summed it up pretty well. well. Yeah. It's a broad scale dumbing down or like race to the lowest common denominator. And the more that the government touches, the more that's going to happen, like just across the board. And so, um, Reed, I guess I, I, for our listeners again, um, will you kind of start or go backwards a little bit? Like, what do you, uh, before we get into like what you do now, which relates to uh, your exact setting at the moment, um, you know, what's your kind of like origin story? Where'd you come from? What'd you start with? And, you know, I, I think like another thing I really appreciate about you is that you're obviously the farthest thing from like a Beltway Libertarian, um, like unless you're literally driving or trucking on the Beltway. <laughs> like you're more just a normal person. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, my dad was a high school English teacher, so we didn't have a lot growing up. Um, There were, I have four siblings, and my mom homeschooled us till uh, we went to high school, and then we went to public school for high school. My dad was my English teacher for a couple years, and then when I was in high school, I started working after school at a lumber yard, and then I worked there full-time during the summer, like 45 hours a week. And since I started working when I was 16, I never went through that socialist phase that a lot of teenagers Mm. and young adults go through because I actually had to pay for everything. I had to pay for my own car insurance and buy my own car, had to pay for my own gas, had to just, you know, be as self-reliant as possible. And then once I turned 18, I had to pay rent to still live in the house with my parents. (laughs) Like that was their deal. It's like, once you get out of high school, uh, if you're going to stay here, you have to pay rent. So I paid rent mm. for a few months and then ended up moving out of the house. Uh, and I got my CDL right away, started working on when I came. Uh, I've done a ton of different jobs. I've done roofing in Colorado. I've done home repair in Arizona. And then I've just kind of tried to pick up all the blue collar um, skills that I can on the side. And when I was doing these jobs, especially the bigger ones, like the power line construction, I just realized what we were talking about earlier, how there's this top-down command structure that's a one-size-fits-all approach that just causes, it causes chaos. It's the job, like they're attempting to, it just makes it worse. I remember I, I had two different bosses. One of them would show me the job I had to complete and then tell me, give me a call if you need anything. And then my other boss, he would micromanage me, try to tell me what to have my specific workers working under me do. And it would just, it was just a clusterfuck. And so I realized that. So I tried to internalize that. And as a foreman on the job, working power lines, I would figure out what my workers were good at doing and then just set them on that task and just tell them, you just get this done and we'll see how it goes. And the jobs would always be performed much 
uh, you know, much, much more quickly and the job would turn out much better because everyone's just doing what they're naturally good at. So when I realized, okay, if OSHA is this stupid, if <laughs> these utility companies are this stupid, why would the CIA or the military industrial complex or anything that's above them be run any more intelligently than these are? I mean, and then once I started to realize, yeah, Disaster. Pretty hard for evangelical right wing neocon type uh, in high school. But I started fading away from that. And in 2014, I actually started listening to or watching Ron Paul moments from the 2012 debates and realizing that, wow, this guy was really on to something. Then I found out he had a son, uh, Rand Paul. So I started following him. And um, I liked a lot of what he had to say. So in 2016, I was uh, I was a Rand Paul Republican. Um, and then, you know, that didn't go anywhere. That just fell apart. So I, I looked at the Libertarian Party. Gary Johnson was a bit of a joke. Um, but I was like, whatever, I'll go with this guy. Didn't go anywhere. After that point, I kind of gave up on federal politics. So it's like, I'll vote for governor and I'll vote for senator um, until uh, Tulsi Gabbard came along and the most sense on the state like that's an obvious sign right they're just like going downhill just making backwards so I had to investigate that and figure out what was going on there so I supported her in 2020 to get back into the party uh, after she a woman you know, Joe. So obviously that was, but that, you know, after that, um, I've been a little bit encouraged to see how uh, the liberty movement seems to, for the most part, be trying to coalesce around some central ideas. It's, it's ironic, like the libertarians working together around central ideas, you know, that seems kind of non-libertarian, but it's kind of what we have to do to have any sort of impact. Um, but I don't know. I have some optimism. I started my show in 2020 and it's uh, really grown a lot in the last couple of years. And I've convinced a lot of my BoomerCon friends and some of my progressive friends of my libertarian ways of thinking. And I've got thousands of people watching me. And I try to put people like Peter Schiff, Scott Horton, Dave Smith, uh, Ryan Dawson. I try to get their ideas out there and have other people hear them. So I don't know. It is what it is. We'll see what happens. I was going to ask if um, you felt like you had a pretty blue collar audience um, just because of, you know, who you are. And especially if like, you know, how do you feel about sharing your podcast with like people you actually work with? Because <laughs> nobody, I'm asking this like seriously, because I do not share mine with, uh, we're fairly anonymous for a reason. Yeah. Um, you know, we're in the uh, medical scientific community and yeah. yeah yikes um yikes for the wrong thing we're not um, like that well except i did okay. find um and shout out to um the receptionist at my chiropractor's office who will listen to this episode <laughs> later who i turned on to the show and all these awesome guests so i find that's a win right <laughs> yeah um i cannot be anonymous anymore i mean i did you know i have to take time off of work sometimes like i had to go on fox business um, and I go to all sorts of events and stuff. So, uh, it was actually about a year ago, right now, that I told my boss about the show. Um, and I started the show before I got this job by like a month and a half or so. Um, but then once I got the job, I was just doing it after work and occasionally in the cab, like I am now. And um, but then a year, about a year ago, Dave Smith had me on part of the problem, so I had to make sure that I wasn't in a situation like we are now where the internet isn't connecting all the time and it's going in and out or whatever. And, you know, this is a really, really, it's like my big day year. So I've got to be somewhere with good internet connection. And so he asked, my boss asked me, well, what are you doing? And I said, well, I guess I'll tell you, I have this show that I've been doing for like a year and I've got a couple thousand subscribers now and I got some following on Twitter and he was like, Oh, okay, I'll check that out. So then he called me back like four hours later and he was like, dude, have you ever Googled your name before? And I said, I 
uh, yeah, I guess maybe. And he's like, dude, you're everywhere. Like I just Google your name and I can find you all over the place. Like, this is awesome. Why didn't you tell me about this before? I was like, Oh, I don't know. Like, I didn't know if you'd like it or not, but, uh, my <laughs> boss watches my show. Um, and coworkers do too, but then all of my former coworkers back in your hand that um, when I was on Fox News, they were all sitting at home waiting on and they got a ton of text messages after my appearance. And so, yeah, I mean, I had a lucky position where I don't have to give what I said. I mean, if I say something more to race with the type of boss I have, so like I really don't have to be scared, I feel like I have somewhat of a responsibility to be that way, you know, to really go hard in the paint and say whatever the fuck I want, because there are tons of people who can't do that with their real name because of their job or whatever. So I feel like that's, that's kind of my role. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, but totally makes sense. It's a very man-like uh, responsibility thing you've just taken on there. <laughs> <laughs> Seems hard as a female. Let's see, yeah, what else I is I going to ask but, you? you know, I, yeah, I'm right? not going mean... lord it over you guys too much. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're so kind. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Um, so let's see, where else was I going to go with this? Um, well, so, you know, with the laundry list of things you've like kind of done in your past, uh, I'd say your skill sets, plural, are, um, fairly apocalypse proof and that's certainly a positive. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've seen that meme probably. Uh, it's a World War II soldier holding a cup of coffee and he's laughing and it says your generation claims they want to start a revolution, but they can't even start a lawnmower. I don't know if you've seen that one, but it's, it's pretty <laughs> accurate. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm a little outside of my time. I, I was born in the nineties, but I was raised in the seventies is what I tell people. Like my parents, um, I mean, I was watching Island like Rugrats or Spongebob or whatever, like we were just in a different time. Uh, we, I grew up playing kick the can and, you know, that whole idea of being outside until it's dark and your dad goes outside and says, hey, time to come home. And all the kids would go home. Like I, I grew up in that environment, which I feel like a lot of people my age missed that like they were kind of swept into the digital age video games um missing out on a lot of the kind of natural upbringing people before them so most people think i'm like 40 and it's, it's partly just because and then by the time i was 16 i was hanging around with mostly like 40 and 50 year old guys working all the time uh and I, i've always just been into things that were kind of in, you know, in the past compared to how most people my age like to do stuff or whatever. So I've just, um, I've just kind of always been that way. So the, uh, just learning the blue collar work skills just always seemed natural, like something I thought anyone should do, but you know, it's not very, uh, it's not very prevalent, um, in my generation. So it's unfortunate this upcoming apocalypse is going to be rough folks. <laughs> You've only got a few of us you can count on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I always feel like I'm generally like the youngest one, um, either on the conversation or in a lot of the like Liberty podcast spheres, like I'm one of the younger ones, but you have me beat. And <laughs> um, I, you know, it's good to see others kind of like my generation or our sub generation and, um, young blood sort of coming in and having avoided that, you know, socialist leaning phase of your life. Um, I, I would say like in a, sort of a recap of uh, one of the ways I think you survived and made it out, it seems like the gift of not having been <laughs> um, forced into more years of uh, public school than you already mm -hmm. were. And, you know, maybe even in a situation where if your dad was working at the school and it's like, I don't know. I'm I'm dream I'm I'm picturing this like idyllic New Hampshire 
like maybe rural suburb, like <laughs> where you guys are all just a little bit more of a quaint town as opposed to kind of like the awful like suburbia that I grew up in. People out in the woods in the middle of nowhere, the nearest Walmart was 45 minutes away. Uh, you know, the, so, I mean, it, it was very, um, we'd shovel our own driveway when it would snow four feet. Um, you know, we had, we had a wood stove. We had to split all of our own wood. So my dad would cut it up with the chainsaw, carry it below by and drop you know, 40 logs on the lawn or whatever. And he'd go out there with a chainsaw and chop it up into 16 inch pieces. And then mm -hmm. my brothers and I would have to go split it and stack where it was our, our responsible pile and where we'd burn it in the wood stove. So it was very classic in a lot of senses where, you know, I feel like a lot of kids don't really grow up with that anymore. And they do no. more in the country still than in the city, but even in the country, like, everything's getting stupid. It's, it's just getting, yeah. and, you know, pansy. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It definitely feels like things are getting dumber as we keep going through this. It's like spiked up in the last couple of years, it seems, like or at peak, least it's been exposed. Stupid. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a virus, honestly, like that's been the virus. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, this kind of proves that collectivism doesn't really work, right? Like every time they try to force collectivism on people, they act stupid. Uh, I mean, it's the, the successes of our country have mostly been because of the lack of government and the lack of coercion and just letting people experiment with things throughout time. Like that's what's led us to great places. Um, so whenever they try to push any of this crazy stuff on us, it's when we start acting stupid and evil. It's when we start mm -hmm. blocking people from a certain country and internment camps because we're at war with another government or whatever. Like that's pretty scary, stupid. So bad. Uh, individualism leads to more collective actual action their own. Um, their own skill set, then it actually benefits everybody else. Well, I think that's like that. The problem with collectivism is that you're not teaching people how to think for themselves. And so nobody knows how to critically think. Like, so that's one of the things you were talking about with the harness situation. Like, nobody can deduce like how to stay safe or, you know, what the usefulness of if this is because they're not allowed to. And so they don't. Like, you know, it's just easier not to, right? Like, that's what most people are going to do is the easiest thing. And it's going to be to just, oh, well, I'll just follow this bullet point of rules rather than question anything. Yeah, I mean, it's like the huge mistake we made with, you know, not assigning certain tasks to women anymore. Like, eventually, we, like, started letting them actually do stuff on their own. And it was like, oh, I actually woman with this great invention or this woman did something really cool like that was a mistake but you know like i agree with what you're saying in general so. <laughs> well i don't know if this is controversial but as a female i'm really not like too keen on the fact that all of us just automatically have the right to vote I don't think like I, I don't think that some men should be allowed to vote. To be honest, I feel like there's reasonable, <laughs> yeah. not include. Like, I mean, my exclusions. God. No, yeah, I, I mean, I unironically, I mean, it, on a serious note, with the right to vote thing, like it would be hard to legislate because then you would have a certain group of people doing all the voting and all the selecting of people, which could actually end up being worse than where we are now somehow. But. Um, I think ideally property owners should be allowed to vote. So, I mean, I don't even really care if they're men or women, but if yeah. you own shit, then you should be allowed to vote because these people who don't own anything that get to decide what happens with your property, that just yeah. doesn't seem like a fair system to me. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think that's, that sounds like uh, something close to at least like the private property based society that I think, um, folks like us, especially 
like in the libertarian world and viewpoints and you know what kind of like is the end result of how do our theories and principles like come into action it's like well let's start with like you know you own your own body you are your own person like you are sovereign individual and you are responsible for that for that one person and then maybe your family immediately around you and then maybe then you are voluntarily cooperatively going to get along with your neighbors because that obviously makes more sense to do so you don't want to be enemies with your neighbor and you know it kind of builds out from there but it literally starts with you your one person and your body and then you know like so on the more physical and like ownership side it's like yeah it starts with your your house your your land your little slab of you know whatever you want to make it like that's yours and there's plenty of people that you might like let onto your property or lease your property or you know, eventually like buy your property um, or trade for your property, but like, it's still yours. And I think um, that one foundational principle, like that's uh, what I think that that whole like socialist little generation, like they don't understand the value um, because they haven't had to like purchase anything. They haven't had to work any for anything. Um, I'm really talking about, you know, the younger kids that kind of like end up this way and get swayed by this so easily because they have no idea what value is. Like 98% of Antifa. Yep. I mean, I don't know if I agree with you guys. I've kind of come to really love the left. <laughs> like the more they've like demanded that I do certain things. And especially now that, you know, the left and the fight free for Ukraine, now I'm really starting to like them even more. You know, like just the more ridiculous and retarded and overstepping they get, my love for them just increases. I don't know, you know, if that's regular <laughs> or not. But do you? I'm curious to see what your opinion is about like the transgendered movement too, because it seems like there's there's like this. You know, we're we're in the Women's History Appreciation Month, right? And here we are, like, letting men basically compete against women on women's sports. So I find that to be kind of another one of those, like, ridiculous, retarded, like, disparities that we're seeing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think this just proves men are literally better at everything, including (laughs) women's sports, you know? I mean, that's kind of how I'm reading this, but... Yeah, um, (laughs) that's where I was going with that. It is... (laughs) <laughs> it is so ridiculous. Um, you know, I actually, I worked with a transgender uh, man, so a woman who transitioned to a man, and that was at the power line business, and it was hard for him. Like, it was not easy, especially in that environment, and you could tell he really wanted to be a man. Like, it, it was something sincere about him that he really wanted And my takeaway from that was that it was tragic, you know, that this person had this issue, like that they felt like they needed to be the opposite gender. I was, and, you know, I mean, he was his own person and uh, he had a beard and he cut his boobs off and, you know, he he had testosterone shots and everything. And so, I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't guess that he used to be a woman. Um, And I'm like, all right, whatever, like, it's your body, it's your choice, whatever, you are allowed to do that. But I certainly wouldn't celebrate it. I mean, it's just like, wow, that really sucks for that dude. So I think the biggest mistake we've made with this whole thing is celebrating a deformity. Because it's like if you were, it's like if you're five foot four and you want to be six feet tall or something and you're celebrating the fact that, you know, this happened to you and so you're going to go get human growth hormone pills and you're going to, like, get uh you know some sort of bone implants or something to make yourself taller like if 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 that happened to someone we'd be all be like holy shit that sucks like what the what the hell was wrong with this person this really sucks you know that they're thinking this way or whatever but instead it's become celebrated and it's almost encouraged like you know this is i mean this whole thing being taught in early grade school that you should really Mm -hmm. you don't you have an idea what's going on like you haven't you know figured out how the world works yet so trying to push this on children is extremely i think 
has some sort of virtue in that, especially when you have a six and a half foot tall man beating all the women on the swim team when he was coming in like 400th place when he was on the guys team and thinking that that is like Rosa Parks sitting at the front of the bus. It's just like, <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? This is so retarded. Like, um, so, I mean, I don't want any laws, uh, you know, restricting adults from transitioning themselves if they want to. If you're an adult, and you know what you're doing and that's your choice, whatever. But as far as society goes, I don't think it's something we should be encouraging. Um, I don't think we should be bullying people who do it either. Like, I mean, I think no. that sucks. You know, like the yeah. past has been ugly. Like, I think there are some people who legitimately feel that way. And they just really, you know, they really feel like they'll be better. I'm not saying I agree with them necessarily, but if that's what they want to do, I don't think they should be ostracized and, you know, bullied and killed or anything like that. That's horrible. But uh, I don't think it's something we should celebrate either. I think we should treat it kind of like... The sex you were born as, I don't think that sucks. So, I don't know. I just think way we are um and i think that you know the state benefits from this big transgender push like trying to make people uncomfortable on the state essentially and you know pushing them more toward an ideology that leans toward being very statist i don't like libertarian recent tolerating it from adults who decide they want to do that but i don't know it's just a big mess and i'm glad that we're I'm seeing like high profile libertarians argue about transgender issues while World War Three is starting. Like that's like perfect guys. I, I knew you wouldn't let me down that you'd find some weird niche issue to get divided over when, you know, nukes are ready to go. So <laughs> Well, I mean, when you think about it, like are the men that we have in this country that we would, you know, I worry that if we keep going down this path, we're we're not gonna have any men that can fight. <laughs> You know, because um, we've already, I think, emasculated our boys so much that and we've also like emasculated our women so much. It's like we're just taking away what's what makes those things good. They're making us you know? all just like one unit yes. sex anamorph thing. It's awful. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I, I work in mental health. And so I work with a lot of like transgendered kids. And one of the things I noticed with a lot of these kids is they have a lot of history of, of trauma, abuse, like sexual abuse. In fact, I don't think I've met a single transgendered kid that hasn't had a very traumatic past. So I think that might be something that we probably should spend a lot more time on rather than, you know, transitioning them, like maybe get to the core issues, because really what it comes down to is you know, these kids don't like themselves as who they are. And I think that's like, how do you find your identity if you can't even decide or agree upon what gender you are? So uh, that's kind of like my, the things I'm seeing. And, and that's kind of makes me worried about what the future is going to look like, because wasn't it like less than 1% of the population was transgendered. And now amongst like generation Z, it's like 30% are calling themselves transgender. Yeah. I hope not. That's insane. Yeah. It's, 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 it's like 20 to 30%, depending on where Um, you are. Actually, on second, on second thought, I think World War III might be at this point. Like, maybe we just need, maybe we just need to press bottle sides and let major We've reached a peak and we're going down the other side at this point, you know? I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, if it's 30%, yeah. that's, that's disheartening. That's bad. Um. <laughs> well, I think, like, um, I'll, this is what, I, what I've seen with my own eyes. So I can only say what I have seen on the male side, they're a lot more decisive. They know what they want. They know they want to be a female. They go through the process. The female side is I'm going to wear boy clothes and I'm going to stop wearing pink and cut my hair real short. And I'm a boy. Like they don't go full commit. And then they change their mind. You know how like, like lesbians always say, like, 
I'm a lesbian now, but like three weeks ago <laughs> I was engaged to a guy, you know, like I think women are a lot less or decisive, <laughs> uh, but yeah. And I think for, that's why you're seeing so many, to be honest, is because I think most of the female side is, it's like a trend, you know? Yeah, no, that all makes perfect sense. Like the women aren't as committed and like, you know, kind of <laughs> go for it a little bit and they're just like, yeah, no, this is work. I don't want to do this. Where the guys are like, the guys are like, holy shit, if I pretend I'm a woman, I can just like bake pies at home all day and my That's husband actually, can go to work and yeah. you know, I won't have to do anything. <laughs> I won't have to go to war. Um, you know, right. I don't know. This all makes perfect sense to me. Like, it actually I, but, does. It actually really does. That's a sad thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of like we were talking earlier with the individualism bringing um you know the collective to a better place it's, it's the the rising tide lifts all ships um it's the same way with men and like if it were all the same it's not interesting you know this collectivism idea is just permeating everything that everyone needs to be equal and exactly the same it's like well not really like i mean the people who have made the biggest discoveries in this world are mostly men but <laughs> uh, you know they're um, you know, they're, they're not like Einstein failed grade school. Um, mm -hmm. These them all into being this long, uh, you know, like the difference we have are so trying to destroy our identities. I think it's just it's stupid and counterproductive. Well, that's the thing is like, I'm saying like, we want to squash like the male tendency just to be assertive and speak up and, you know, um, even disagree. Um, and then like, we like, we hate the female nurturing side. We want to squash that too. And I, I'm like, I, I just see a lot of these, um, these transgendered women who they think that by being just a bitch is, the, is being masculine. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. no, you're just awful. Yeah, you're just a bitch. So, <laughs> but, but they so think that I've makes them a, masculine. Yeah, I've got an extremely sexist question for uh, both of you, but I think there's a little bit of accuracy to it. I heard it from somebody else, but I think it might be true. So here's the, I'm not going to say who it was because you can kill me if I, uh, if I hear this <laughs> publicly, but um, he, he was like, all right, so throughout human history from the early days you had these tribes that would fight with each other and the men of whatever tribe lost would all be killed and then the women would be brought into the new tribe and then as society evolved you know you had soldiers and the roles were pretty similar like women would stay at home the soldiers would go to war if a country was conquered the soldiers would be killed and then the women would uh you know have to join the new kingdom was installed or whatever so it seems like the evolutionary tendency there is for women to do whatever it takes to survive where men in general tend to go hard as hard as they can regardless of the consequences because the historical precedent is if you don't make it you get killed where women you know they tend to not push quite as hard and in some cases not be as loyal because historically throughout evolutionary history of humanity, they've had to, you know, they've just end up joining the men who kill all of their husbands or whatever. But I want to hear what you guys think of that. Do you think that's just ridiculous or do you think that has any sort of uh, standing as a possible theory? Um, I think it actually makes sense. Like, you know, men and women are different biologically and we have different needs and, you know, women, uh, we're frail, we're frail little bitches and we need men to survive the harsh, harsh, dark winter <laughs> or um, the harsh reality um, of like the elements. Right. And so this is um, sort of hearkening back to us being cave people or just super nomadic tribalistic peoples or even, you know, like through the more feudal um, points of Europe. And so it's especially before, honestly, like a more Western society gave women 
rights to own their own property and really own the, themselves and like not have to tie themselves to a man. So we did have to depend on a living man that, I mean, if we were lucky as women, we could, you know, trust that man and love that man. And it wasn't some just like abusive spouse or owner really. Um, but I think, you know, to some degree, like we've had to adapt in different ways than men. And um, like biologically men are, I don't want to say this in like the wrong way, but like more expendable because, you know, a man can produce so many more children than a woman can produce. And so like, it just like, you know, that's why there's that lopsidedness um, that men go to mm -hmm. war. Men are the, you know, men don't get on the boat life boats first. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I think there is. Can you imagine if someone who died on the Titanic got to go in a time machine like a hundred years into the future <laughs> and see like, oh shit, all I had to do was identify as a woman and I would have survived, <laughs> you know, just food for thought. I do think about those things, so I'm glad you do. <laughs> well, no, I mean, have you I, seen I this? Agree. I can't believe it's a news story, but there's this transgender woman in Ukraine who got a whole news story about how she can't escape Ukraine because the Ukrainian government is recognizing uh, biological men as men. And so the, I think the title was Fighting Two Wars at Once, and it got this whole news story. Like, oh, my oh God. God. This type of stuff just makes me hope that World War III happens, to be honest. It's like, I don't think this can be fixed anymore. <laughs> I, I think the way that it like when you think about like early societies, men were stronger. They were able to hunt and build and we had to stay home and watch over the children. And, you know, when the home was built, we made it a home that that was a cooperative type of relationship. And I don't think that either relationship is more important than the other. But I feel like when it comes to a lot of things, men have to make a lot more sacrifices than we do, you know, like, like we were talking about with the Titanic, like you basically risk your lives a lot more than we do. So uh, yeah. I think that that's something that doesn't get recognized or, and men tend to, when they commit suicide, they commit suicide completely a lot more than women do. Women do a lot more. Uh, Cry you know, for take, five, We'll take five pills and like cry, you know, and then like act like yeah. that was See, a suicide attempt. We're more committed. We'll just stick the gun right in our mouths and go for it. <laughs> no, it's true right. though. It's <laughs> yeah, sad, no, I mean, but it's true. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I'll just use an example from my life. Like my sister does not work nearly as much as I do. And she also hasn't made nearly as much money as I have. Um, and there was a time when I loaned her a good amount of money and I expected it to be paid back in a timely manner that we agreed to. And then it just wasn't and follow up after follow up, it kept getting delayed. And so finally I kind of had a confrontation with her and then she just got all upset at me that I was being unfair. And I mean, I was like, look, I didn't inherit all this money. I've been working like 50, mm -hmm. 60 hours a week since I was, you know, out of high school. And um, a lot of that was like jackhammering and working in the rain and the snow and climbing poles and stripping wire and digging holes and driving down riding snow. You have not done anything like this. So, I mean, you know, definitely, I mean, there are the red herrings on both sides. Some men don't work as much as women and some women are really men give up their lives to work like it's just what they do they get, leave the house at six in the morning and get back at five o'clock yeah. at night and they work their asses off and you're right like they die on the titanic they go to war they uh you know they just they keep the food on the table in general so um it is it, just trained to look at all of this like we're trained to think that women are just viewed as not as valuable which they aren't anyway so i mean that's what it should be you know but um you know we're just trained to look at it as though 
Um, it's just an unfair societal view of men and women. And that's why women don't make as much as men, where if you actually look at the numbers, you actually have a real life where you, you know, know a lot of people and you understand how the world works, then you just come away with a, a different opinion, I would say. Yeah, I think the mistake that a lot of women make is that they want to commit their life to a career instead of having children and a, a family. And, you know, we're just not really designed for that to be happy with that because we have to take care of things. You know, that's why these single women have like 15 cats because we need to nurture and we need to have something to take care of. You know, 15 it, cats and a raging Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just saying that's what I think oh, it I is. A, I could be wrong. So but, I got a question. Um, like, as we become a more technological society and as manual labor starts to diminish more and more, as, you know, I feel like conventional warfare, I hope it will start diminishing. Like, it seems like it's going to become more drone bombings and stuff like that. Like, as these traditional roles start to go away, isn't there going to be an, an evolutionary realignment eventually? Like, if humanity still exists 10,000 years from now, some of those hardwired tendencies will probably start to evolve away eventually, right? I mean, I don't think we're there now, but it seems like eventually men and women are going to become less and less difficult. I think, um, like, if that kind of progression that we're seeing does... Maybe that's persist, what we are seeing. Yeah, I think it is happening to some degree. I just don't think it can last very long. Like, it's it's out of whack. It's, it's nature out of balance, I think, like, um, in some ways. Like, I, I liked, um, I think it was on Bridget Fetessy's show, maybe, that she might have asked about like automated trucking or I don't know where you were talking about it, but you gave me hope actually that it's not so easily possible to automate things like that are so complicated. And I think like, you know, even though they and corporations and the state like are going to try and push that as much as possible, I think just like all their other central planning failures, this can't go on forever this empire will collapse if it's not already collapsing now. I think it's collapsing. Um, and I think in some ways that's for the better, even though like here I am saying that in the comfort of my home that I own and the world could be on fucking fire tomorrow. But mm -hmm. in some ways it's like, I see things as cyclical and, you know, returning to nature. And or like, you know, when you think about um, like it's the secession of a forest being burnt to the ground, and then, you know, how it's like yep. regrown and that it just, you know, it just takes time, but it, um, you know, becomes lush and green once again. So I don't know. I think like they want us as Wally people, like the fat, like tubby things that are floating around in the space station and losing bone mass. And to some degree that is happening. Like we'd all know yep. a Wally person or two. I just mm -hmm. don't think it can go on forever like before it like you know starts over again somehow i think yeah. i think that's what it is like i think we create like if we don't have problems to solve we will create problems to solve because that's how we our brains are designed to overcome or find a, a problem to fix so that's why i think you see so many you know people on twitter just you know creating drama because they have no real problems in life and they just need to create these things. That's why, you know, I need to change my gender because I I have a problem with who I am, you know, instead of like going out there and actually trying to find a real problem. So I think if we eliminate all the problems, we'll just destroy ourselves in the process of trying to make problems to solve. Yeah. Anyone who's listening to this, if you need a problem, go research uh, Palestine and Yemen, and that will give you a problem to care about. Um, but mm -hmm. if that's not enough of a problem, I don't know what to tell you. But yeah, you guys are right. Like um, the, 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 the cycle will reset if things are not fixed gradually. Like if we keep down this path, this is why my, name, my show name is The Naturalist Capitalist in a way, because 
I think capitalism is similar. Like you have the crash of 2008 eventually, and you have this next crash that's starting to form right now. Like that's inevitable. There's nothing you can do to stop it. You can do all the quantitative easing you want, all the bank bailouts you want, all the stimulus you want. It doesn't matter. Eventually the day of reckoning comes that all crashes to the ground. Just like the forest fire example you gave, like, um, I don't, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but the Park Service used to extinguish all forest fires. They did it for like 150 years. And then the fires started getting more severe when they would have them because all this underbrush had built up. And you'd have these fires that were so hot that they'd burn the dirt on the surface of the ground and make it impossible for anything to grow for a thousand years. So we're building up a lot of brush right now and we need to start letting these smaller fires go and burn out this underbrush because otherwise when the reset happens it's going to be really bad and the same with the economy same with culture same with government like all they're all they're all the same way like this transgender stuff is going to crash it's going to be ugly like you know like seeing leah thomas on the swim team no sane person looks at that and says, oh, wow, this is normal. Like, where <laughs> five years ago, if you just met a transgender man in the bathroom, I wouldn't have even known. Like, he just has a beard and, you know, he's had hormone, you know, injections or whatever. And he just, he has a deeper voice or whatever. I, I don't even know. So, like, whatever. That's fine. Like, I don't care. But when things get pushed to such extreme clown world that you have Leah Thomas winning the 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 women's swim meets normal people are going to say what the fuck is going on this is crazy and that's when you have crazy backlashes like we've seen in the past when things get pushed to abnormalities that's when you see scary tyrants rise to power and people have like kind of terrifying ideas like uh you know we learn a lot about world war ii and the holocaust and the cold war and whatever but we didn't learn like anything about 1918 to 1939 we don't learn anything in that time period and we're living in that time period right now again like we're living mm -hmm. uh it's literally 100 years later and we're living in this like really dystopic inflationary uh Yes. moment when culture is falling apart and people don't know what they stand for and there's confusion like we're there again, so we can yeah. see some scary shit. And I, I do not want to live in a society where if you're gay, you know, people start wanting to, you know, beat you up or not allow you to work somewhere or whatever. But, like, people don't realize that's what you're pushing us toward. When you get things to this level of clown world, you weaponize the normal sane people to be okay with bad things happening to innocent people because they're just on the other side like that's how this all ends up happening like they'll just it'll start out with okay this guy has some you know crazy opinions about the jews but you know he is right about <laughs> world war one and he is right about all this other stuff and he actually has a plan to give me a job so you know the stuff he's saying about the jews kind of weird but whatever i'll go with this guy and then as time goes on things you know just die they just regress and get worse and worse and worse and people just uh, let it happen but we're like at the beginning stages of that where people are going to mm -hmm. start saying crazy things like um time where a certain group certain group is ever saw it be fine but uh, you know in so I'm really worried about where we are now, like fucking weird everywhere, because this has gone way off the rails and the, the backlash to it is horrifying. I think so too. <laughs> yes. It's so positive. I oh, think yeah, that if you, like you mentioned that that period of history, especially just look at the Weimar Republic in Germany and what was going on. Because like you're saying, there was a lot of debauchery. I mean, people were literally having to go buy their, their groceries that day. They were getting paid each day because the inflation was so just ridiculous that the next day they couldn't afford the groceries from yesterday. <sighs> so when you have that, when you have like money not even worth anything and you can't really make a living normally, you're going to do some pretty crazy things. And people were really into some pretty crazy things, especially in Berlin at that time. 
So I would do read some history books because some of this stuff's pretty interesting, actually. Yeah, history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes, and it's rhyming pretty closely right now. Yep. Um, well, I mean, we are literally supporting Nazis in Ukraine, so but I know like that part's repeating itself. So I don't know. Like we we had to we had to support the Russians against the Nazis, so that eighty years later we would support the Nazis against the Russians. It just had to happen, guys. Like, don't question it. It's just the way it works. All right. <laughs> Trust the central planners. They know what they're doing. Always. <clears throat> they always they always fund the correct radical group. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's the Pretty moderate good. Nazis, guys. You know, just like it was the moderate ISIS. <laughs> moderate rebels, moderate, moderate Nazis. Nazis. Yeah. And they wouldn't even be so bad, maybe, if they let that, um, you know, transgender woman escape. Oh, yeah. Which she obviously would be forgiven. Her All being be transgendered forgiven. was worse than her country being destroyed by Russia, obviously. Oh yeah, 100 <laughs> percent. Um yeah. <laughs> well, one of my favorite headlines I've read throughout the last few weeks has been uh human rights group demands Israel stop funding neo-Nazis in Ukraine. I'm just like, oh, that's so beautiful. I love everything about that headline. It's just incredible. Oh that my is. god. Yep. The things some yeah. people miss. Yeah. Like World War Three is not sounding so bad, to be honest. Well, this is the problem with World War Three. Uh, if you think about it, Germany has lost both times, and this time Germany's on our side. So yeah. but we are and you know, um we are on the Nazis side too, literally this time. So like it's just it's not uh, looking good. No, it's no. Not. <laughs> no. I don't think we deserve to win. Like we've done so much awful I shit, and um, you know that's treasonous, right? Yeah, that's treasonous. treasonous. I mean, treasonous I really human. think you know. I, um, I I used to think that the idea of the flood was so cruel. Like how could God do that? You know, he died. You know, he murdered so many innocent people. But at this point, I'm like. You know, if I if I were out there like looking at this shit show right now, and I'd be like, yeah, you know, this is going to kill some innocent people, but I don't know, like a flood just seems like the reasonable thing to do at this point. Like, I'm kind of on God's side now. You know, I'm like, all right, I, I understand you, Jehovah. I get it now. So I don't know. That's been a transformation for me recently. Oh yeah. I mean, I definitely take relief in that. You know, <laughs> his ending of things would be just at this point, and. You know, I think my life uh, in the ever after wouldn't be too bad. <laughs> yeah. I, Basically, not to be afraid yeah, of death. I mean, and hell sounds kind of nice right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> hell, oh, sounds like, hell sounds orderly, <laughs> orderly compared to this chaos. Yeah, I mean, at least, at least it's like, okay, I know what I'm getting. I'm getting the flames and the lava and the gnashing of teeth and the weeping <laughs> and the brimstone or whatever. Like, at least I know. Like here, I have no fucking clue what's going to happen next. It's just like Jesus Christ. Like at least there, there's some consistency. You know, I don't know. Oh, I know. Especially with the COVID stuff. I mean, that the the narrative changed completely so many times. It's just like you just you felt like your head was spinning. It's just that's how I feel. I mean, with everything we've, now. We've got the weeping and the gnashing of teeth here already. But it's like, is it an N95, you know, for eternity or like getting thrown in the lake of fire worse? Like I'm at the point, I'm not really sure. It's just like, you know, six on one, half a dozen on the other. So I don't know. I'm, I'm ready for the next thing. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. So we're coming up on um, an hour of this mansplain session. Read. I think you've mentioned it before, but you know, as as the world ends, um, and if people want to sort of follow your journey and your podcast and keep up with you, uh, where should they find and contact you? Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to say you're welcome for me gracing you two ladies with a man's presence. I will do it again if you uh, if you beg off on this dance <laughs> playing day. Um, but yeah, you can. No, seriously, thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. It's been it's been fun. Um, but yeah, you can follow me on uh, YouTube and Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Odyssey, and a few other 
uh, minor audio platforms as The Naturalist Capitalist. That's my podcast. I've had Abby Martin, Peter Schiff, Ryan Dawson, Dave Smith, Tom Woods, Spike Cohen. Uh, and I've got coming up uh, probably maybe Roger Stone. I'm working on that one right now. Nice. Uh, Patrick Bent David. And I do have confirmed Daniel McAdams for next week. So that's going to be cool. Um, and then you can follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram, Gab, Getter, Float, all those useless platforms that no one uses uh, as Reed Coverdale. Um, and yeah, just don't follow me if you're easily triggered. I do post a lot of stuff that makes people angry, but that's kind of what I, I enjoy the reactions I evoke. So um, if you're up for that, give me a follow. All right. Sounds like a good time. Jesse, anything else uh, before we sign out? I don't think so. Pretty satisfied with that man's Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks again, Reed, and everybody listening. You know where to find us. Uh, we're most active on Instagram or Twitter. Um, Voluntary Vixens or Girls Who Nap on Instagram since we're usually shadow banned on our primary. But we'll catch you all next time. Um, and soon for another mansplain march but in the meantime keep it sane keep it peaceful keep it voluntary 